0: Welcome to the newest Eden Center podcast, Building Ourselves Through Parsha. Our host, Karen Miller jackson will use the Parsha to explore an aspect of social, emotional, or physical well-being relevant for 21st century life and its challenges. Karen is a certified matan morala lacha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kivun Sherut, a guidance program for religious girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Consistent with the Eden Center's goal of enhancing women's spiritual life through Torah and Mikvah, Karen's insights, we hope, will serve as a springboard for self-introspection and discussion.
1: Hello, everyone. One of the burning issues in our world today is the rise of hate speech and hate crimes. There has been a clear rise in anti-Semitism and attacks of shuls and individuals, but other religious and ethnic groups have been targeted as well. This week's Parsha, Parshat Amor, contains a story which teaches about the dangers of hate. At the end of the Parsha, we read about the Megadef, the blasphemer. This is particularly shocking, since the Parsha also contains the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name, and also the importance of not profaning God's name. Let's take a a closer look at the story and see how it is understood by the commentaries. The son of an Egyptian man and an Israelite woman has an argument with an Israelite man. Out of hatred and rage, he then pronounces God's name and curses God. This sin is so grievous in the eyes of Chazal that it is euphemistically referred to as "birkat Hashem," blessing God, suggesting that even saying the word blasphemy can have a negative impact. Vaikra chapter twenty four reads, "Vayitei ben isha Yisraelit, b'hu ben ish mitzri, Israel, bnei Yisrael, ve'inatzu ben haYisraelit ve'ish haYisraeli." Hashem There came out among the Israelites one whose mother was Israelite and whose father was Egyptian, and a fight broke out in the camp between that half-Israelite and a complete Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman pronounced the name of Hashem in blasphemy. Rashi, citing the Midrash, provides background on what would lead a man to such a sacrilegious outburst. He explains that this man had tried to put up a tent in the land of Shevetan, where his mother was from. And the man was brought to court since he had only had a Jewish mother. And this mother was named Shlomit Bativri. But he did not have a portion within the tribe of Dan because his father uh, was not from that tribe, was not Israelite. The man was so angry and filled with hate that he emerged and cursed God in public. There are a number of other elements in the story which the Midrashim relate to. Moshe does not immediately react to or punish the blasphemer. The blasphemer is placed in prison and Moshe waits to hear from God what to do with him. God then teaches Moshe the following, to take the blasphemer outside the camp and to let all who were within hearing distance lay their hands upon his head and let the whole community stone him. Why does Moshe have to wait for God's instruction? And why must everyone be involved in this man's punishment? The Midrash Tanhuma explains further. Who was this man and where did he come from? The Midrash teaches that he was the son born of a union between an Israelite woman and an Egyptian taskmaster back in Mitzrayim. Remember back in Shemot, Moshe saw an Ish Mitzri whipping a Hebrew slave? That slave, teaches the Midrash, was married to Shlomit Bativri. When he was out working, the taskmaster went into his house and forced himself on Shlomitz. When the husband found out that the Ish-Mitzri had done that, he, the, the Ish-Mitzri decided to whip him. Moshe saw this and stepped in. This conservation of biblical characters, a well-known midrashic tool, is not random. There are clear literary parallels between the two stories. In both, there are anonymous characters called Ish-Mitzri, an Egyptian man, or Ish-Ivri, or Yisraeli, a Hebrew man or Israelite man. Also, the word vayetse in both stories, and he went out. Also, there's the word for arguing, which is unusual in the Torah, the word Nitzim, or Vayinatsu. These literary connections were indications for the rabbis that there are deeper connections between these stories. So Moshe was personally involved in the story, according to the Midrash. Perhaps for that reason, he chose to act only on the word of God, not according to his own judgment. The Midrashic version suggests two possible ways that Moshe had killed the Egyptian man back in Shmot. One was by hitting him, and the other was by pronouncing the name of God, again relating to our story of the blasphemer. Blasphemer. The other significant element, the fact that the community who hears the curse were involved in the tikkun and the punishment, is explained by the commentaries as well. The Rambam teaches that the one who hears blasphemy must do kriah, tear their clothing as a sign of mourning, symbolizing the gravity of this prohibition. The Ha'amek Davar explains that the people placed their hands on the head of the blasphemer in order to compensate for the effects of hearing such profanity and how it may have affected the listeners. So we see that the feeling of alienation was tragic, but the reaction of the blasphemer reflected his own growing hatred and rage, and the uh, the violent speech escalated from fighting with man to cursing God, the most extreme violent language. Psychologists have studied hate and proven that there is a clear scale where hate turns from feelings to speech to ultimately violent actions. As Elie Wiesel wrote, hate is contagious. Ultimately, hate is both destructive and self-destructive. Parshat MR highlights the dangers and toxicity of hate and the need to correct its spread within ourselves, within our communities, and the world. Shabbat Shalom.
0: This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of Mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.TheEdenCenter.com, to learn more about our work in making Mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is recorded by Karen Miller-Jackson, edited by Micah Shore, and is a product of the Edit Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe. We welcome your feedback by email at podcasts.com at the